Hariom, and welcome to Thinking is Free, proudly brought to you by Chinmay Mission New Zealand. Hariom, and welcome back to Thinking is Free. My name is Akash, and today we have Ishanji. Hariom. So we're getting right into it and just carrying on. Uh, I think we're in a really good state of flow. So in our previous episode, we were talking about love and detachment, and um, that just triggered so many questions and we also wanted to talk about forgiveness as well so we'll tie that into this episode um <clears throat> so what i was thinking when we we're talking about love and detachment it got me thinking um my my sister who's just had who's had a, who has a newborn baby he's about four months old now little yeah. sean yes how does how do new parents detach from their baby, you know, like when you, when you see this cute, cute, chubby cheeks and beautiful eyes. Bundle and of joy. Wanna, you just want oh, you just feel like you just need it to eat it. Yes. How does one detach? Yeah. So first of all, I think parents at that stage, they're actually expressing a lot of detachment already. Right, um, <laughs> in the sense that we are not really getting, or the parents are not getting anything from the child. It's demanding constant attention, ton, yeah, looking after it, cleaning it. Everything needs to be done for the baby, so it's all give, 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 and the constant thought is, what's best for the child's welfare. It's mm-hmm. not about what I get from it. So they're already expressing a lot of detachment. And it's only later on when the baby becomes more capable of talking and then we start receiving feedback that that attachment builds up even more. Mm. Right? So they're actually operating from well <laughs> a great amount of detachment, <laughs> truly speaking. Um, however, there is this base undeniable attachment that this is my child mm. that this is an extension of me i made this i made this yeah. um and that attachment will be there um and that can be worked upon as well how do we work on that or how do we think of our relationship with our children um especially newborns we have to remember that children they don't they're not from us they come through us so that child is also a jiva which means that that jiva has its own karmas mm. it has its own vasanas own its own inherent tendencies its own desires and they have come into this world through us not by us and we when we understand that the lord has brought this life into the world through us not by us we lose ownership of it it's not my child anymore which doesn't mean that you don't love absolutely yeah because i think a lot of people think ownership is love is love yes. or, or have associated ownership to love yeah, yeah. So love can absolutely be there. Mm. But there is a sense of um, 
detachment. Yeah. Um, does not compromise love in the least. With this idea that, just like me, I'm a jiva. I came through my parents. This jiva has come through me, and just like I have my own set of vasanas, my tendencies, my personality, this child will also have its own tendencies, vasanas, personalities, and it will express in, which will express in due time. Let me not have false expectations. <laughs> right? yeah. So when we understand the reality of things, so we are moving away from the idea that I am this body and this child is mine, to I am a jiva, and through this relationship of me and my partner, we've been blessed with another jiva, which has come through us. But just like me, it is also a jiva, and it has its own destiny. Just like I have mine, mm. and things will happen, which are beyond our control. So all those ideas get added into it, into the mix, and we start seeing the bigger picture, the whole picture, the correct picture. Yeah, and I think that understanding itself removes a lot of the attachment. And, um, but as I said, they actually are relatively detached <laughs> because they're just giving, giving, giving. Um, it's only later on it becomes about we looked after you now, what are we going to get in return? And that's when the attachment... I invested yes. time, yeah. money, energy. Yes, yes. <laughs> I remember growing up and it was like, I cleaned your bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. You know? Yeah. But also just reflecting on what you've talked about as well and what we talked about in the previous episode when I think whenever when I think about it in terms of me, so Akash, yes, having recently been married, that with my wife, you know, I'm thinking of her as her. She is a jiva as well. I'm a jiva, and we're just helping each other on our journey journey of discovering this inner happiness. Right? Yeah. And then also thinking about what I've been thinking about as well as I was talking to you before about Sean, my nephew. You know, one day he he was inside a tummy mm -hmm. and the next day he appeared and then you see all these personalities and you start see, you can see all these, he's got a body, he's got hair, mm. he, the sound of his voice, he cries, yeah. his personality that he's brought with him. And really just trying to think of that as he was not here one day and now he's here really helped to contextualize the idea that this person has come to join this family and we're now to help him on his journey. Yep. Yeah. And, and vice versa, even they might be here to help us on mm. our journey. Yeah. Right. And this, the biggest scheme of things the karmas of all these jivas intertie them together to give each other their sets of experiences. Mm. Right? So why was Shan born into this family? Yeah. And not anywhere else? That's right. Why born why be born into my family? Mm. Karmas. Maybe there is something that that baby is going to teach me and there's something that I'm going to teach. Yeah. That child. Not just teaching, but experiences. Right? Yep. So that child gives me some experiences and I give that child some experiences and there's this give and take on a grand scale that's continuously happening. 
which ties all these jivas together. Such a beautiful way. Yeah. Of just looking and feeling it all, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And so let's talk about now when this flip at 180 when things go wrong and terrible and so much hatred, anger, yeah. jealousy in relationships. Grudges. Mm. Yep. For a long time. This is not just a small one two year thing this is a lifetime so mm. over the the course of someone's so much resentment for someone's significant other someone's sibling someone's parents someone's grandparents yeah someone in the extended family who's done something to someone yeah how do we how do we deal with forgiveness okay Why forgive? <laughs> yep. This is what I feel. Forgiveness is for myself. It's not for other people. I need to forgive for my own peace. For my own welfare. Um, there's a saying that holding on to anger is like holding on to a burning piece of charcoal and expecting the other person to get burned. It burns me mm, <laughs> first. Yeah. Um and it, it's constantly burning me from within grudges, anger, resentments um to different degrees obviously. And the quicker I let go of it through forgiveness, the better off I am. Right? but we may feel that that other person does not deserve it they did so much wrong we are not doing it for the other person we are doing it for ourselves mm-hmm. forgiveness is never for the other person a couple of other ideas around it as well none of us are perfect we all make mistakes I've made mistakes in the past and so do the people around me. Yep. How would I like to be treated for my mistakes? Would I like people to forgive me and get let me have another go or hold it against me for the rest of my life? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a really good way to put it. You know, you we're always first to be wanted to be taken off the hook. Yeah. You know, but when it comes to letting other else. people off the hook, yeah. it's so hard. So conditional. Yeah. You did this, you did this, you did this. Yeah. So to forgive, to let go is for my own growth. Um more than the other person. And another way of looking at it is When I think of myself today, am I happy with myself? Am I proud of who I am today? And if I am, it means that every single experience in life leading up to this moment has shaped who I am. So if I'm happy with who I am today, 
I should be at peace with all my experiences of the past, the good and the bad. Because they have all played a role in shaping me and making me who I am today. But what, what if we don't like that person that we are today? Because now I'm thinking if someone, when they're, when they're in their childhood or, you know, yeah. they've been sexually abused by yeah. someone in their family and now they've, they've grown up their whole life, you know, and they've held on to these feelings, the experience and this identity. Yeah. That's pretty hard to it, it be is. happy it, with. It's not easy. Um, and before we come to a state of being happy, it there's a lot of digesting to be done in terms mm. of acceptance of what has come to become, mm. what has come to pass and why it's come to pass. Um, there's no real easy answer. Yeah. Right. Um, one has to really reflect and that very holding on to that idea of what has happened often makes us the person we don't want to be. Mm. Right? Um, in, in psychology, it is a well-proven, it's not a theory, it's a proven fact, that both good and bad things that the mind holds on to, it becomes like that. So if there's something that I admire, I will become that. If there's something I hate, I will become that. Yeah, where focus goes, energy flows. Correct. Yeah. Right. So whichever idea the mind um, stays with, dwells upon for a long period of time, it starts to become like that, positive or negative. Mm. So even to move away from it, hatred or holding that anger or resentment is not the path. Letting go of it is the path. To move away from all those experiences or not wanting to be like that person whom I resent. Mm. Again, the path is letting go to forgive. And... In the grand scheme of things, if we are looking at it again from the perspective of a jiva, why does an ajiva experience what it experiences? Mm. Right? When we ask that question, why does a jiva experience what it experiences, good or bad? And when we go through the analysis of it, we understand that it's not random. Joys and sorrows are not caused by other people. Joys and sorrows are not of God's intent, not created by God. But what happens to each one of us is nothing but the expression or the outcome of some past action that we have done. The situation or the person just becomes a catalyst or an avenue through which my past karma reaches me. Mm. So they just become the conduit through which those results are coming back to me. It sounds harsh. I was, yeah, I was going to say that. that is, it sounds that is, really harsh. 
um, an almost unpalatable that mm. I've done something to deserve something this bad. Mm. But in this grand scheme of things, when we look at why do things happen, things are not random. Joy and sorrows are not caused by other people. They're not caused by God. But it wasn't the, even the, caused the, by me. Yeah, maybe not in this body. Yeah. But some wrong action yeah. would have done been done in ignorance. Mm. The law of karma right still stands. It's it's a law which means it applies at all times to all individuals mm. and there are no exceptions. It's a law. So this is from the grand scheme of yeah. things, right? Yeah. But at the same time it does give me that sense of empowerment that I am in control. I'm not the victim. Mm. Right? Um, being in this state of victimization doesn't benefit us. I think psychology is um, well, well, enough research has gone into it to show that this victim attitude has to be left behind. No matter how big the calamity that has struck us, mm. it's only when I take ownership of it or I say, yes, I'm going to do something about it that I can move ahead. Yeah. As long as I keep on complaining that I am the victim, I'll always be pers persecuted by my environment and the people and the situations around me. I'm not in control. Yeah. Whereas spirituality and worldly approach to happiness is take control. It's a choice. It's not a um, circumstance that's forced upon you. Mm. Both joy and sorrow are a choice that we make consciously or unconsciously. Yep. So, um, various ways of looking at it, but essential aspect is letting go and forgive it. forgiveness. So that I can be at peace, so that I can grow, I can be the person who I want to be and not turn into the person that I resented the most mm. um, or I despise. Forgiveness is a crucial part. Yeah. Because that's, that's my last question is how do you love your enemy? And I think, you know, it, when I think about it, you know, the picture in my head is let's say I have an enemy and I spent my whole day thinking about this person, all my energy directed towards them. Yep. This enemy, they also got to spend their day and time, but they're not worrying about me. Correct. They're going about doing their day, enjoying their life. But all I'm thinking about is them. Them. Yep. So just, yeah. <laughs> it's funny um, how do we forgive our enemies again it's this title of an enemy mm. it's it's about how we think about ourselves in, in Vedanta we often speak about punish the sin and not the sinner right um, it's not so much the individual who's bad 
each individual is divine each individual is no different from me we are all jeevas yeah right but certain actions have been committed which were incorrect or are wrong or continue to be wrong and the stance needs to be taken against the actions not the individual and we see this so beautifully played out in the ramayan right where ramchandra ji is ready to fight a battle with ravana over the kidnapping of his wife and on the eve of the battle he sends a ambassador to ravana's court and he says to through the ambassador that you return my wife and there's no need for war um but since it is adharma since it is wrong for you to take anyone else's wife if you do not then we need to fight and they fought because ravana did not <laughs> mm. release sita ji but even after the battle after ravana was defeated ramchandra ji sends his younger brother lakshmana to learn from ravana right so mm. you can see that no matter how great the crime there's no hatred towards the individual it is you take a stance against the wrong action there is one has to stand up for dharma against adharma it does not make the other person any less divine mm. mistakes happen ignorance is there one may be steeped in ignorance and continue making mistakes but it still does not the divine has not changed it. or less yeah. or have been listened yes if we understand that we recognize that mm. then perhaps we'd be able to forgive yeah. our enemy we don't need to forgive the wrong action, action. yeah we can make a st- stand against it but that negativity that burns our heart that'll definitely reduce you got to really just look through and yeah peel the layers and just see yeah. divinity yep and therefore there is this very beautiful statement that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future mhm right um saints did not become saints overnight they weren't yeah. born with saintliness they worked on it yep and the sinner need not remain a sinner for the rest of his life he can become a saint through his actions mhm so it is the actions which are given importance um inherently the person is divine that that's the spiritual standpoint yeah so yeah it's relating with people mm. and the world around us is a tricky course to navigate but yeah. with the right understanding we can relate much better um and make those relationships more beautiful at the same time if things do go pear shaped it's not us who get burned with mm-hmm. the right understanding we'd be able to approach it correctly yep um deal with it rightly and not get overwhelmed and um persecuted by those relationships that we have good or bad cool thank you thank you so much ishan ji this 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 the series in or the discussions we've had in relationships i've really enjoyed 
So have I. <laughs> really enjoyed them. Yeah. And I hope even for the, the listeners that are listening as well, you know, they've sparked some th- sort of thought or um, changed or helped to change the lens which you know, they operate in their, yeah. in their life. Yes. And it, and it begins with changing the way we see ourselves. Mm. Yep. And, um, spirituality begins with me. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much, Ishanji. Was there anything else that you wanted to oh. say or share? I think we've covered quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. No worries, and thank thank you for um, being here to to guide us as well. Um, and thank you to the listeners as well. I know today, today kind of you know the episode before we were on the high, and then we had I think we had to go to the low as well, um, just because that is life, and. In the end, we're all seeking the happiness within. Yes. We have to, you know, that is where the true happiness is. Yeah. And if there's, like I said, it's, it's life and there's a lot of a lot of situations, circumstances which cloud us from seeing that. But we have to, we have to go through it. Yes, and we have to remind ourselves again and again that yeah. happiness is within, not outside. That's right. Um, the moment we start thinking happiness is outside, we are out of spirituality. We are back onto a worldly way of dealing things. Yeah. Um, so constant reminders are needed and That's right. they help us grow. Cool. Adiom. Adiom. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Thinking is Free, proudly brought to you by Chinmay Mission New Zealand. For more information on events, courses, several projects and study groups, please visit chinmaya.org.nz. Harium.